Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom Terrace, Tom DeAngelis, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Thanks, David. Good to be here. Thanks, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. Turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. We're going to break open the bread of life and see how Jesus wants to teach us today and what he has to share with us through this gospel message. So, Rob, do you want to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. In the name of the Father and Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for loving us so much that you didn't leave us alone, that you left us with uh, your word, you left us with the Eucharist. And, uh, and Holy Mother Church. So thank you, Lord, for those gifts. And, and we need all of the gifts that you give us uh, as we enter into this 40-day journey of Lent. And we ask you, as we approach the first Sunday of Lent, just to have hearts that are open and docile to, to your teachings, to your promptings, and, uh, and the courage to, to live them out each and every day. And uh, we ask the Blessed Mother in a special way to pray for us as well as... Uh, as she is our Heavenly Mother and wants nothing more than for us to grow closer to her Son during this Lent. If we could pray together. Hail Mary, Hail Mary. Full, full of grace, grace the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love this morning? Sure, this is a gospel um, according to the book of Mark. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and and believe in the gospel. That's the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I still stay stuck on the Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert where God the Father wanted Jesus to go. It's probably not his first choice of where he wants to go and uh, invest time, but he was obedient to God the Father, and he was, I love this word, He was docile to the Holy Spirit. That leading of the Holy Spirit and prompting of the Holy Spirit is so important in our life to be in communion, common union with the Spirit and the prompting of the Spirit's in our hearts because God knows what's best for us, and he uses his Holy Spirit to direct and to guide us. And I was thinking of a story uh, uh, that brought back to my mind of when I was uh, out on a trip in California, and I rented a car and had my great Maui Jim sunglasses I wore, and I went to the hotel and checked in and put the Maui Jim sunglasses right down at the cup holder area in between the seats. And uh, valet, young valet, young young man valeted me and said, do you mind if I park your car, sir? I said, oh, no, 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 go ahead, go park the car. 
So he took the car and he parked it. And the next morning I got in with the family and off to the meeting we went. And about five minutes later, we're driving down the road and I looked down for my sunglasses and they're gone. Gone. And I went, oh man, they got stolen. That guy stole my sunglasses. This is my thought pattern. And again, we've got to look at scripture. What does scripture tell us to do with every thought? Take it captive. Not me. I'm going to react. I'm going to get back to that hotel. I'm going to get the manager. I'm going to tell the manager that that young valet boy, he stole my glass. I know it. I know he did it. He looked the type. Well, docility of the Spirit allowed me to hear the words of the Spirit. And the Spirit said, David, do not do that. Do not accuse that young man. You do not know for sure that he took your glasses. And I start to argue. I said, oh, yeah, no, I know I put them there. I know those glasses were there. I know this guy had to have taken them. No, David, you don't know that. You could have left them at the restaurant. You could have left them at the ice cream shop the night before. Don't accuse. It's not of me. And I'm like, oh, man, Lord, but I really believe I'm right. I really believe he took them. And finally, the third time, I went, fine, Lord, I'm going to let it go. We checked the restaurant. We checked the ice cream parlor. Nope, no sunglasses. So now as the story continues, it's time to check out and leave. So I get my car back. I'm still, even though I've let it go, I've still got that, eh, I still think he took them. But I did let it go. Did let it go. I really believe that. So we drive to the airport and we have a rental car. So we stop to get on the bus to let our rental car off. It hurts. And something happened that has never happened to me before. Man walks over, an older man walks over and says, hey, sir, get back in your car. Do you mind if I drive you in the Hertz rental car over to the airport and drop you off there? And I'm like, well, that's stupid. The bus is right there. I could just take my luggage and get on the bus. Why would he want to do this? But he kept insisting. He was so kind. And I'm like, okay, sure. So we all got back in the car. And, you know, I was going to get in the back of the car. And my wife says, no, sit up front in the passenger seat. I'm like, oh, no, honey, you get car seats. Like, you sit there. No, I want you to sit here. I do this. I'm a knucklehead. That's God's pet name for me. I argue. I said, sweetheart, get sit there. I'll just sit in the back. No, David, sit in the front seat. That's what I want you to do. And boom, she gets in the back. I'm like, well, that's really strange. She never gets in the back seat. So I said, okay, fine. I get in the front seat and off to the airport we go. Now we're getting out of the car. And everyone's getting their luggage out. And just before I get out, again, docility to the spirit, I hear this little voice in my heart. Reach down in the cup holder and look for your glasses. I look down. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I can see they're not there. Why would I want to do that? David, reach down into the cup holder and look for your glasses. I'm like, fine, but I can see they're not there. I reach down into the cup holder and come to find there's a cavity that goes back underneath the armrest. I reach my fingers back underneath, and guess what's there? My glasses. Maui Jim. <laughs> Maui Jim. I bring them out, and I went, oh, my goodness. Had that man not offered to drive us to the airport... Had my wife not said sit in the front street seat and her in the back, had I went and accused that young man of stealing them, would I have ever got him back? That's how when we are docile to the Spirit and obedient to the promptings, not going to the manager and, and accusing that man, look at how God brought all those pieces together to give back those sunglasses, which he knew I really liked. <laughs> It was an amazing God story. And I went, oh, my Lord, you taught me something. You taught me obedience. You taught me don't accuse. Those are That's a tactic of the enemy. 
and then docility to the Spirit. Jesus was docile to the Spirit. And the, the the word that I uh, that I circled was was tempted. So you you had you had some temptations <laughs> there, David, in, in that story of uh, you know of, of reaching out and uh, and maybe not in the most loving of way and accusing someone. But so we're always being tempted, mm-hmm. right? We're always being tempted, but you didn't follow through with that temptation, no. right? So the good news is that Jesus was also tempted. So that means that temptation is not a sin, right? Right? That. Jesus is like us in all things except sin, so we're going to be tempted. Absolutely, positively, 100%, we will be tempted. And we just need to pray for the grace, right? So that's why the season is so so beautiful, that through prayer and fasting, we can help um, arm ourselves to, through God's grace, overcome temptation, right? And, and how many times did, did Jesus' buddies try to cast out demons? They couldn't do it, and then Jesus came and, you know, kicked some tail and says, this this can only be driven out through prayer and fasting, mm-hmm. through prayer and fasting. So we have prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and if we present ourselves to the Lord with our hearts where they are now, and a lot of times they're filled with stuff, right? They're filled with distractions. They're filled with just, just stuff that just piles in and piles in and piles in. So we present our hearts filled with junk from the world, and we fast. And we, and we, and we, and we allow the Holy Spirit to, to remove the junk, and then we have a heart that's open and ready to receive. Then we enter into the other spiritual exercise of prayer. And then God fills us with love and peace and joy and understanding and wisdom and knowledge and compassion and all this beautiful stuff that he's now able to fill because we've went through the spiritual exercise of fasting. He can fill us, fill our hearts, and then we go into the third spiritual exercise, which is almsgiving, and then we take that heart filled with the good stuff that God wants to give us, and we go out and give. We give what God has given us so freely and so generously. We give that to others. So this, this time of Lent is <clears throat> just awesome uh, time of, of, of exercising our, our spiritual life to grow closer to God through fasting, through prayer, and through almsgiving, through, through giving of ourselves. Yeah, and I also think that um, what pops into my head is humility. You know, that's another uh, thing that we can practice this Lent. And we see Jesus in this gospel demonstrating that when the angels ministered to him. I mean, after all, he is God. Hmm. You know, he could say, hey, you know, I could take care of myself. You know, I am God, you know, like you don't have to minister to me. But he humbles himself to even have the, mini- the angels minister to him. And so I think in this season of Lent, you know, the things that you mentioned, Rob, are certainly important, and humility as well. And even David, in your story, you know, you had the humility to listen to those thoughts to, as you said, to, uh, to take ca- take them captive, and you know you could have just said, "Listen, they're not in the cup holder. I'm out of here." But you had that humility to to you know look further down in the cup holder. So I think humility is another aspect that um, you know we can at least I get from this gospel as well. So. Yeah, and what Rob said about that word tempted—that's what that was. That was a temptation. Hear me, Satan is always whispering in our ear. And what I really, the Lord really taught me over the last couple of weeks is, Scripture tells us, take captive every thought. Because so many times I've reacted mm-hmm. to a thought and I was totally wrong. So when you take a thought captive, then you take it to the Lord and the Lord processes it for you. And then the way you discern whether that thought was of God or not is you ask questions. You ask questions. Do you know what I'm saying? And so for me... That tempted, that's exactly, Rob, that's exactly what happened to me. I was tempted. But thank you, Lord, I was in communion, 
docile to the spirit, you know, and I'm not perfect. It doesn't work every time, but, and, and, and it worked beautifully. God got to reveal himself. But, but I, what I wrote down is this, you know, the next part of the sentence, it says, Jesus drove him out into the desert. And for me, that's a whole, I've got to unplug from the world because too many times I get plugged into television, which is, you know, which is a poison to my system. I get plugged into the news media. I get plugged into things, music, that are unhealthy. And we, we, we just brush it off and say, oh, it just anesthetizes me. It just dumbs me down. I just want to veg out. And the enemy's going, good. Hmm. I got you right where I want you. Yeah. Because, see, God doesn't want that. We're at war. There's a spiritual war going on right now. And what's at stake? Souls. Our children's our spouses, our family members, our friends. So being dumbed down, veg out, anesthetized. And I you would use these words. And God's like, hello, are you listening to yourself? Till I unplugged from the television and plugged back into God, the last two weeks of my life have been profound. The Lord has just flooded me with revelation after revelation of just beautiful truth that is like, oh my goodness, I never saw that passage that way. I never knew about capturing a thought. You know, so for me, we've got to look, especially during this Lenten season, to unplug from the world, do what Jesus did, unplug iPhone, iPad, um, news this, news that, TV this, TV that, cell phone this, cell phone that, wherever there is a distraction, disconnect, and then plug into God. All that time, put God first, because... Lent is all meant, the church and, and its practices, to bring us into a closer, ever-deepening, intimate relationship with God, our Father, Jesus, our brother, the Holy Spirit, our spouse, one God, one Trinitarian God. We're supposed to grow in that ever-deepening, intimate relationship with him during this period through what we choose to disconnect from, you know, give up, is so that we grow deeper in that relationship. And, you know, David, uh, the point you made about, um, you know, kicking back, relaxing, vegging out, and that type of thing, um, it kind of ties back to what we were talking about with temptation. If you, um, if you, when you read the Liturgy of the Hours, you run across a lot of the Psalms that have to deal with dealing with adversaries and dealing with enemies and and a lot of them involve traps. And I've reflected, particularly around this time of the year, Lent every year, about this whole thing about temptation. And, you know, temptation is really a trap. If you think about it, it wouldn't be a temptation if it wouldn't be a strong desire to do something that on the surface looks good. But we know, either because of long-term consequences or um, because of the outcomes of something down the road, that this is not a good thing. But if you think about a trap, like in a very simple terms of a physical trap to trap a bird or something like that, you try to make um, it look like food, but something around it that that the bird won't notice, but that will become the trap. And so when you talk about vegging out and about relaxing, about kicking back and just wanting to kind of turn your mind off, and we're in warfare, you know, that's exactly the time when the enemy would would try to attack is because that's when we're relaxed our defenses are down and what we need to do around uh, any desire like you said is is to hold our thoughts captive but also around any strong desire any 
approach to something that comes into our heart and heart and mind is to step back and look at it. Be patient. Be docile. Uh, have the you know, have the presence of mind not to turn the mind off, but to step back and look and say. Is there a trap around here? Is there some long-term consequence? Is there something bigger than just this pile of food or this immediate desire that I should be paying attention to? Is there something more I should know about this situation? Because again, you know, a bird or an animal that's in, you know, that's being tempted into a trap could see that there's something that's not right here. Or I know if you try to get certain animals into a trap with an overhead thing, they're very uncomfortable with anything over their heads. So we need to be like those animals and be on, on guard. And the time that we would be most likely attacked, if this is war, is when our defenses are down. And so we, that's where we need to be really paying attention. Yeah, and that's so important, Tom, because, I mean, you know, Jesus says right here, he was among wild beasts. The enemy prowls around looking to do what? Devour a soul. He's looking for our children, our spouses, us, family, friends, relatives. You know, for every all of our listeners out there, if you know any men, you know, and especially father and son teams, there's an amazing men's conference that's coming to Harrisburg up at Bishop McDevitt High School. Bishop Gaynor is going to be our, our keynote speaker. It's called Warriors for Christ, Men After God's Own Heart. And you're going to learn about spiritual warfare. And the, the call out of this beautiful image of Jesus with his sacred heart. And it says, I am calling you. And one of the profound openings is, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Any man that comes to this conference, his life will be changed. He will become a better father, a better husband, a better person, a better son of God. He will grow in holiness and he'll learn about spiritual warfare. That date is March 21st, 2015 at Bishop McDevitt High School. It's Warriors for Christ. You're going to learn about the, the army and, and the suiting up and then men after God's own heart. That's what it's all about. So if you hear his voice, he's calling you. Come on in. And, and we talk about uh, getting back to the spiritual battle. And we have a, just a great example of what happens when we uh, allow ourselves to kick back and relax with King David. Right? He was kicking back, relaxing. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? Right, the, his his army was out fighting, and he's not in the battle, and that's when he gets himself in trouble. Right, when he sees yeah. another man's wife, and and you know we know the rest of the story there. So, our battle is not with flesh and blood, that's but right. it's it's you know powers and principalities. So we are in a spiritual battle for our souls, for the souls of every person that we love. Uh, so this the fasting that that we do and the prayer that we that we engage in during this time. Uh, at Mass this past week, the priest gave us a challenge to, to remember the Christians around the world that are being killed today and persecuted and, and kicked out of their homes for their belief. And when you fast, offer it up for them in solidarity with their suffering. So the fast should never become an end in and of itself because then it can become a, you know, then, then there's no humility in that. Then there's pride. It's like, oh, I was able to go four days without eating. How about you, you know? No, that's not right. So the, the the fast isn't the end. It needs to be, you know, the, the means to achieve a greater end, which is peace and love and conversion. Mm. You know, and, I, and again, I go back to the last sentence here, Rob, as you just shared that. Key words, repent and believe in the gospel. And that takes me to a, to a talk that's going to be given at the Harrisburg Diocese. You know, when we look at Ephesians 6, and it tells us to put on this armor of Christ. But my wife, when I shared that with her, I said, isn't that awesome? And she said these words, and I wrote them down. They said, but David, in order to suit up, you must first strip down. 
And I went, oh my, that's right, that's profound. And that's what Jesus says here. First thing you do, the kingdom of God's hand, repent, repent. And so we say, step one, what do you do? You invite the Holy Spirit into your heart to shine his light on our sin so that we may seek God's mercy and forgiveness for the serious pain we chose, you know, that choice of sin caused him, and then we should go daily and do that, but then every week, two weeks, or at, mo- at least every month to the great sacrament of reconciliation and get clean. In order to suit up, you must first strip down. You got to get clean. And then I, and then step two I put down is we need to turn away from all the things that are tempting us to sin and fix our gaze on Christ and the goal, eternity with him in heaven. Unplug from the world, plug into the heavenly streams of grace. And I love the ending is, you know, as we, we, we reflect on this conference coming up and the spiritual battle that's taking place out there and Jesus is telling us there's wild beasts all around us. It is true. The battle is real. The war is raging. The mission is ours. If Should we choose it? The objective is clear. Salvation of souls. Awesome. You know, when you, when you mention wild beasts uh, in the desert, it reminds me of uh, <clears throat> a conference I went to. Actually, it wasn't a conference. It was an outward bound uh, session. And the last thing that we did was a solitary, it was an overnight. It was, it was 12 hours of being by yourself. Now, they put us about a mile apart from each other, so we weren't too far distant. But um, you couldn't hear anybody around you. It was just basically you and nature, and they had us near a stream. And, you know, we had a, we had a bed down for the night and take care of ourselves and be on our own. And, and I still remember, you know, laying down. It was in May, and there were black flies, and so I had a, a net over, netting over my head. But uh, laying there, and, uh, you know, next thing I know, there's something running across my face, you know. And, yeah, it, it happened two or three times, and I'm thinking, you know, it's some kind of wild animal. I'm not sure what it is, but, of course, to me, I, I thought it was some kind of a you know, raccoon or something that was big. So I just kind of turned over, covered myself up, put, pulled my sleeping bag up over my head. Now it's pretty cool anyway, so it wasn't uncomfortable. But, you know, the next morning when I got up and went out and looked— at what it was, it was uh, chipmunks, you know. So, I, you know, I, I thought it, they could have been elephants or horses or something. But, but when you're in the dark by yourself, alone, there's nobody around, in a strange environment, and there's wild. And I know there's wild beasts out there. You know, I know there are. Um, you you just exaggerated it. I, you know, I thought they were something huge, you know. And uh, and in fact, they were probably the smallest animal that lives out there that could have been running down to the stream for water. So. Um, that's one thing I think we need to pay attention to is sometimes the wild beasts aren't really as ferocious as they seem. Uh, and then the other thing is to be open to the angels ministering. I mean, I, I really was kind of terrified for most of the night, didn't sleep very well, um, found out that some of my other you know, partners on the, on, the, on the trek had the same experience. But, uh, you know, it, just let the angels minister. I mean, what, at what point was I really threatened or was I really in bodily harm? Um, and but I didn't let the angels minister to me. I didn't let you know peace come into my heart and just be comfortable with what it was. Or you know, and and I was even afraid to get up because I didn't I didn't know what was going on. But it's just one of those things where you know in the dark by yourself, fear starts to take over, and all of a sudden the wild animals are you know rhinoceros and bear and tigers and you know. So we need to be careful that we don't let the, our fears get the best of us during Lent. And we're out in the desert. We're there with the Lord. We're in his presence, and he'll take care of us, and we just need to be at peace with that. You know? And that's so important, and that's enlisting, Tom, 
the communion of saints. I mean, I'm so grateful for Holy Mother Church and what she teaches that there is. We are the church militant here on earth. We're still fighting the fight. We also have the church suffering. Those in purgatory are on the way to heaven. They're there praying. And then the church victorious, the church that's in heaven, the church triumphant. We can call out to the saints, St. Michael. I call on St. Michael all the time. The St. Michael prayer, I use it all the time. I invite St. Michael, St. Raphael, St. Gabriel, the Archangels three. I call out to the saints, my guardian angel. I thank my guardian angel for the prayers that, that they've ministered all my life for me. You know, we can call out on St. Padre Pio and all the different saints that are there to help us. We're not alone. Jesus shows us that in, the, in, the, in his baptism. The heavens were open to him. He communicated with, with uh, Moses and Elijah at the Mount of Transfiguration, tall, calling out to the saints when we're in need of help, asking for their intercession. Baby, that's the body of Christ at work. It's awesome. And we can go on <clears throat> confessing, 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 but never repenting, right? That uh, you know, we, you know, we need to turn, right? So you know, whatever direction we're going in, with our sinfulness, if we truly aren't turning and uh, and turning away from that sin and going towards Jesus, then you know, we'll just spend our whole lives repenting and never or confessing, excuse me, and never truly repenting. So it wasn't confess and believe; it was repent. Mm-hmm. So uh, very, very important uh, distinction. So Lord, please help me to repent uh, from those things that are um, that are just driving a wedge between me and you, or me and any any person in my life. And it's amazing, Jesus shows us here. I mean, here's his cousin John who's been arrested. And what does Jesus do? Wallow in that? You know, stop in, in his mission to take the gospel message to the world? No. Jesus came to Galilee and proclaiming the gospel of God after John was, was arrested. So for me, it really took me back to a prayer that Father George gave me in Ethiopia, and it's this. He said, David, the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. It's a trap of the enemy. The future, David is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. It's another trap of the enemy. And the present is God's gift to be lived in love. Ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you each and every day of your life, allowing you to be a blessing to others. God bless. Thank you one and all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.